I think we're seeing a lot more women just frankly not want to be as obsessed with their body. And at the end of the day, like weightlifting feels empowering. There's nothing else like it. Like I love running, I love running and cardio and stuff like that too, and yoga and these these different modalities that offer different things. But this self-efficacy that you get with weightlifting, it's like, wow, I just lifted more weight than I ever thought I could. Maybe I could also have this really uncomfortable conversation I've been putting off, or maybe I could start that business I've been thinking about. It's like it transfers into other areas of your life. And I just haven't seen any other thing in fitness do that for women. And so it just is that it gives you, and I keep using the word empowerment, but it gives you a sense of like, okay, maybe I can, like you just get, I remember being like, I started lifting when I was 15. And I remember my, my best girlfriend and I would go in the gym and we like at that time, you know, hormones are the highest. My testosterone is the highest ever going to be as a teenager. And I was, I put on muscle so fast. Like my shoulders were like, like within six months. I don't know. I didn't even know what muscle groups I was lifting. Um, but I remember we would joke and be like, we need to go try our new muscles out at like and get in a fight. It just made you feel like you were just like, you want, and this is like the nineties, you know? And I just remember feeling so empowered by that, especially because no other 15 year olds looked like us. And it was just, and so even back then it was just nice to see what weightlifting can do at whatever age. And it is such a sense, it gives you such a sense of empowerment. So I love that. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt PD Radio. This week's incredible guest is Jill Coleman. Jill is a leading fitness expert and online entrepreneurial badass whose passion resides in helping women take the stress out of health and nutrition to live life with optimal levels of happiness and strength. My kind of girl. Jill has been in the health and fitness industry for 16 plus years, which includes degrees in exercise science and in human nutrition. She launched her personal brand, jillfit.com in 2010. Her work has since been featured in major publications and platforms, including Self, Family Circle, Shape, Women's Health, Prevention, Yahoo Health, Live Strong, and many more. One thing I really admire about Jill is her vulnerability and her honesty in sharing some of the great challenges of her past. She's a deep thinker and she's not afraid to do the work that is necessary to keep developing your greatest self. From slaying this mindset and living a life where she continuously shows up as a champion despite challenges, she has led other women into doing the very same for themselves and their own lives. This episode is absolute fire, you guys. We go deep into what it means to choose to be a champion in any given situation and refuse to fall into victim mentality. How uncertainty in life is actually a gift to help you grow stronger as a person and how the mental resiliency built through fitness can be closely correlated to all other areas of life. This woman is a true inspiration, and I am so excited to share her empowering insights and story with all of you. So without further ado, please enjoy this talk with Jill Coleman. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Beauty Counter. You guys, as a beauty expert and makeup pro of over 20 years, 
I have legitimately sifted and sorted through endless amounts of beauty products from skincare to makeup, you name it, I've touched it. And, you know, high performance is always a priority to me. You know, when you're working on clients who are on the red carpet or accepting awards on live shows like the Oscars, things of that nature, there really is no room for error when it comes to performance. But as a total, you know, lover of health, you know, over the past decade, I became highly conscious about, you know, the health aspect of products too, and really trying to steer away from skincare and makeup products that, you know, have chemicals and fragrances and ultimately health disruptors. So when I found Beauty Counter, you guys, I started playing with their skincare and their makeup products on me. I was so happy with the results. Not only, you know, did they totally deliver, but I legitimately felt better putting these products onto my skin. You know, what you put on your skin is totally affecting your health. And it's so important to really realize that. Not to mention the brand is really health conscious for the world, and I love that too, but that's just me. So check it out. You guys can now shop my personal favorites on blackbeltbeauty.com from Beauty Counter. You just got to go to the shop section, go to beauty, and you will find my favorites. And I'm continuously adding new products there as I discover more because the brand is just constantly you know, creating new amazing skincare products and makeup products. So as I learn about them, And as I try them and love them, I'm sharing them on the site. So check it out. Go to blackbeltbeauty.com. Go to the shop beauty section and shop the beauty counter page from there. Let me know what you think. I'd love your feedback. And if you ever have questions about beauty, you know where to find me. DM me, Roxy Look or Black Belt Beauty. Lots of love, you guys. We're rolling, girl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're my neighbor. I'm so excited. You're right down the street. We need to I know. There. I love the South Bay and it, it warms my heart when I meet other individuals who live here too, like in the makeup part of my career life, when I meet someone who is an actress or somebody who's, you know, in the entertainment business and they live down the street, it kind of gives me more insight on, on what their interests are and who they are because to live here, uh, it's really, really special. And you, you, it, it, you know what I mean? It's like a little character revealing in some ways, right? It is. It's so different. I mean, you have to really, it's, it's not LA at all, you know? And for exactly. first years that I lived in LA, I was like, moved from North Carolina and immediately just moved to Santa Monica. Cause that's like kind of the only place, you know, it's where everyone moves to, cause you don't know where else to go. Yeah. You know? And then slowly started making my way down. I was in Venice for like two and a half years. And then I've been here now for about a year and a half. And it's like, so different. I mean, activities, beach stuff, I'm learning volleyball. Like, I mean, it oh. just, different, a whole different skill set. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's been so rad that, you know, the beach is my backyard, literally. So, I mean, I have my bikini on it. I'm out there every morning and now, you know, when it was closed for two months, it's really hard for me because I love my deep sand runs. You know, they're very, they're hard, but they're also so enjoyable and meditative, you know, because it's just like feet in the sand, bikini, ocean air. And so to not have that for two months was, it was fucking gnarly. The minute that it opened up, Jill. I literally, I, I'm not even being dramatic. I'm walking to the sand and my heart was just beating with so much excitement. <laughs> That's so good. And you don't understand if you don't live at the beach, like you don't get that. I like forgot right. that we went to the beach, like for the two months that we weren't able to go down there. Yeah. Like, I forgot that was an option, you know, I just miss yeah. it so much. I know it's so healthy. Well, so, okay. I want to, I want to ask you, um, 
what's lighting you up right now? I want to start there. What is, when you wake up in the morning, like what's the fire in your heart? Where is it coming from? What's inspiring you right now? I don't know if this is going to be like the wrong answer to give just because it, it's, I know so many people are really struggling right now, especially with you know, recording this in you know the time of COVID and whatever, but like, that's what excites me. It excites me. The possibility, the fact that so much is up in the air to me. And I, I, I you know, a little, know a little bit of your story, but you know, I think both of us have had moments in our lives where things have been so uncertain and we had to get really good at being comfortable in discomfort. So for me, I actually tend to really enjoy more than I actually prefer this than I prefer like the routine and the structure and like the certainty. And like, so I actually am really loving what's going on right now. Cause I feel like it's a little bit leveling the playing field for a lot of people. And I think that that's a great opportunity. I, I work with a lot of business, you know, up and coming fitness professionals who want to learn internet business and move their business online. And I'm like, it is so cool to see how fast things are moving, especially for them because they're being forced into it. And so for me, I'm like, hey, you know, old guard is fine, but like new stuff, whoever's willing to move quickly, who's ever willing to uh, try new things, to be a little risky, to pivot, like limit. And so as much as, and I'm holding two spaces at once, which is, mm -hmm. you know, the devastation of what we're dealing with and like just so much uncertainty and so many people, you know, really struggling yeah. at the same time, feeling as though there's a ton of opportunity and ton of, you know, possibility. And so that's really what's charging me up is just like the landscape right now. There's certain things I miss obviously, but you know, I think it's, I don't know, it feels so rich in opportunity. I agree with you. It's that thing where it's like when nothing is certain, anything is possible. And I really do believe, right. It's, and by the way, um, life is always uncertain. So it's really funny because we're like, taught all this uncertainty. It's like, motherfucker, when was this shit ever certain? I never got that memo. <laughs> I mean, all you need is like one huge ass kicking in your life. And I think most of us have gotten that. And then we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed. Okay. It's a crapshoot. Okay. Like there's a sense of peace in that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sense of empowerment, I think, because to me, yes. I'm like, well, I know that nothing's certain, so I, I might as well take the chance. I might as well say yes. I might as well do the thing I'm scared of, because like, you know, nothing is certain, nothing's guaranteed, and I don't know. I think once you get your ass kicked like one big time, and you yeah. just realize life has a whole bunch of things in store that you're just not going to be able to know until it happens. And I think it's it, it's uh, you're missing the boat if you're trying to predict all that shit. And I get it. I came from like a very kind of control freak environment, very traditional upbringing of like, you go to school, you get your degree, you get your good job with the 401k, you get, you buy your first home, you find your husband. Like I grew up in that mentality. And I think being an entrepreneur and especially going through like stuff in my own relationships, it just kind of goes out the window. And then you really embrace the uncertainty. And I think as entrepreneurs, we have to be more comfortable with risk than the average person. And I actually find that to be a benefit. Yeah, no, I mean, that's brilliant. Um, it's so true. It's, it's, um, yeah, there's so my mind just went into so many, you just <laughs> went into so many different places. But one thing that I do want to point out there, um, is that, you know, I, I do believe that we all, it's, it comes down to a matter of choice. Like when you got your ass kicked, whatever that first big ass kicking was, and, and you've certainly been you know, ass kicked several times. And I mean, just being an entrepreneur, I feel like you're always getting your ass kicked, right? But then you have your personal life and other, you know, areas that I'm excited to get into with you. But just, you know, going back to like that first kind of asking, you know, people, it's really, really easy to become a victim. And I am 
I'm fucking allergic. I don't even know how this happened to me, but I literally have an allergy to, to being a victim. Right. So I kind of have this idea where you go victim or you go fucking champion or warrior, right? Like warriors one, I use both really. And they're kind of the same thing to me, you know? And so you opted to go champion, to go warrior, um, in the face of these challenges, which I, I think is a really important to piece a, a piece to put in there because I don't think a lot of people, you know, understand that they actually have that option, right? They just mm-hmm. kind of like get pushed up against the wall by whatever the challenge is. Like right now, I'm with you, and you know, to go back, I don't think there is anything. There's no wrong answer here, but I also am someone where how I frame it, it's like I kind of pummel with life, right? Like I life is hard. And I'm making sure that life is hard too, because I seek the fight. I'm going towards these challenges. Right. And so, you know, I think the idea that I'm just expanding on that you just gave so eloquently is just this, you know, like getting comfortable with discomfort and learning from yourself and then growing from it. So right now in this COVID quarantine uncertainty on stage situation, it's like, cool. Who are you going to be right now? Are you going to be the victim? Or are you going to be the champion? And I say that with so much empathy because I understand that it's hard, but that hard is also the opportunity, which I feel like has been a through line to your, you know, continuous success in your life. Yeah. I feel like you have to, I love that you said, you know, I, I love putting it like that. I've never heard it that way. Like you choose victimhood or you choose to be a champion. And I do think, and maybe this is similar to you. I never felt comfortable as a victim. So like, you know, um, one of the things that happened in like my long-term relationship was I was married for several years and I found out that my husband had been having an affair. Um, and I remember feeling so much just like embarrassment and shame and, and stuff like that at the beginning and not wanting to tell anybody and like, just being like, okay, we'll sweep this under the rug. We'll not talk about it, whatever. Obviously now I talk about it a lot publicly, but um, at the time I remember going to my girlfriends and starting to share with them and they were like, he's an asshole. And like, you know, it was like, he needs to apologize. And it was just all these kind of things that like he had to do for me to be like, okay. And I just hated that feeling. I never loved the feeling of sitting around waiting for someone to choose me, waiting for someone to apologize waiting for someone to like do something so that I could be okay. I was like, that's bullshit. I just, I mean, it was like sweet. Obviously they were my friends and they were trying yeah. to and be a cheerleader. And I appreciated that, you know, especially when I had moments where I wanted to vent, I appreciated that they were on my team, but I never felt better. Like I was always like, okay, like, yay. We, you know, we're like girl power. Like we, you know, we agree, yeah. but never any sort of solution. There was never any tool that I could do while I was sitting around trying to figure out what to do in my marriage. And so uh, at that point, I was just like, honestly, I was getting, it got to the point where I was just so sick of myself mm-hmm. um, and sick of kind of sitting around and being in this place and being in limbo and whatever. I just booked a trip to Italy for two weeks by myself. And I was like, I've never even gone out to dinner by myself, you know, like, never mind. I hadn't been single since I was 18, like completely just sheltered in that way. And I was like, I don't speak a language. I don't know anyone over there. I'm just going by myself. I've never traveled alone and I'll figure it out. And I remember coming home from that trip and that, that was the first trip, like several trips I ended up taking solo. But the first one I was like, I came back and I was like, that was just awkward as shit for like two weeks straight. <laughs> I never felt so fucking empowered. Yes. Entire life. I was like, if I could do that, I mean, I could do anything. And I think you need to have that moment where you go like, okay, 
It's not about the marriage. It's not about this person. It's not to do anything else except that it's for me to start feeling my power. And for me, it always comes down to action. And I did, you know, and I was reading a lot of personal development books at the time, but they weren't, they were like, you know, about marriage and stuff. And it was still was like, you know, he needs to go to therapy and like all this kind of stuff, like more traditional stuff, which is mm-hmm. great, but it still never put me in my power. And it wasn't until I came across, I don't know if you're familiar with Byron Katie's work, but like until I came across her work, oh my God, it was like, finally gave me tools that made me feel like I had a say in my own life. And, and this doesn't have to be just with like a marriage. It can be with anything, right? Maybe your job, you lose your job and you feel totally helpless. Or maybe, you know, someone in your family, you know, dies or pass away. And all of a sudden you feel helpless. It's like, how can you feel better, feel more in your power, even though all this really shitty stuff is happening? And that was a huge, just pivot moment for me in my life. And I've had several since, obviously, from the entrepreneurship stuff. Yes, yeah. All those moments. But I always try and look for the pivot. No, I love it. And I think, you know, what I hear from that too, is I love this idea of everything is always my fault. <laughs> I, I love it. I love, like, I, I want to point the, fwing, the finger at me because I feel like when we do that, we empower ourselves to learn, right? Even if some fucked up shit happened, like that's fucked up what happened in your marriage, right? But instead of you looking in that direction, you like turned it around at you. And that I feel from what I'm hearing, it really did support your growth. And also, you know, one of the things I really appreciate you um, in in the little bit that we know of each other, and I really, really, you really resonate with me through your writing, right? Like on your Instagram post, because I know real, because I'm fucking real, and I can, I, I can, I know. And when you write, when you exchange in this like communication, you, you, there is so much authenticity that I feel, and I really do believe, and this is just from my own experience, and maybe you can, what I, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on it too, but. Man, when you can speak from this authentic self, it's because you've actually been through authentic experiences and you've done the fucking work, like the hard work, right? And everything that you just said, you know, that is doing the hard work, sitting with yourself and trying to work through your emotions with honesty. I mean, the easy route would be this. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, you know, and 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 all that other stuff. But like and where- then like, you can just leave and like, don't look back. And like plenty of right. people do that, especially, you know, and like, I hate that the societal script- is like, if you're a strong woman, you have to fucking leave right away. Like, that's just what you do. And to me, you lose all the opportunity for learning and lessons if that's just what you do. And I get it. Some people need to do that. He's an asshole. Fuck him. He'll once a cheater, always a cheater, like whatever you want to say. I don't know your specific situation, but since we've been more verbal about this, like, and, and we talk about this on our podcast quite a bit, yeah. like a lot of people are just like, well, I felt so ashamed for staying. And I stayed for a full year. And, you know, at the time I felt like, oh my God, is my marriage a joke? Am I like a huge doormat? Like whatever, all those things you go through. But I know if I had just been out, cause that's what a strong woman does. I would have missed out on just all the, the uncertainty that I learned from and the discomfort that I learned from and the personal development that I learned from. And like, I don't know, I don't, and maybe for some people, especially if it's like an extremely abusive relationship, sure, leave, whatever. But but still, there's something there that deserves looking at. And one of my earliest mentors, I remember, and I hated when she first said this, and it was so good. It's similar to what you just said. She said, take 100% responsibility for everything that comes into your life, even if it wasn't your fault that you're in that position. And I was like, fuck, that's so hard. It is. so hard, right? Because you want to be like, but, but, but at the end of the day, you can say all the buts you want. You're still in the same situation. Right. So cool. Awesome. So one of my favorite mantras is like, I can see this as a pain or I can see this as a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you switch your perspective, you know, if you start feeling like, okay, there's something I can do here, all of a sudden it changes shit. 
or if you're sitting around moping, feeling bad, all your friends are agreeing with you. So that feels kind of nice. And it's easy to just stay in that position of victimhood because what's the incentive to do anything differently if you're continuing to point the finger? Yeah, no. I mean, I think, let me ask you, have you, do you come from a big family or what's siblings? I have three uh, younger siblings, but came from like a huge Irish Catholic family. So I think you're from New York, right? I'm actually originally from here, but I left for like 14 years. So Hawaii became home and then New York City. And I did a little stint in Paris. So when you talk about going to Europe for two weeks, I went to school in Paris where it was all taught in French um, for like six months. Yeah. Anyway, so I relate to you there. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back where I originated from. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm from Boston, huge Irish Catholic family. Um, and if you know anything about, you know, Irish or Catholic, like we don't talk about anything until you have like 20 beers. And then all of a sudden <laughs> everything starts coming out and people are talking about grudges they've been holding for like 40 years and like all <laughs> messed up communication. So I remember like there was a time where I didn't really even get to know my dad on like a really deep level until it was like two in the morning and we've been, we'd have like 20 beers and all of a sudden now I start really hearing some of the real honest communication, the honest accounts of his own life, you know, and I knew that I didn't want to do that. And I, that was my tendency though. So when I went to most of my marriage, I remember, um, my ex-husband at my husband at the time, neither one of us, a lot of the reason why the relationship eroded was because we didn't know how to communicate. You know, we thought we were, but we really weren't obviously. Mm-hmm. And so this forced us, you know, when we decided to stay and try and figure it out for a year. And I remember just, we were just stumbling over ourselves, trying to communicate all the time. Like we just didn't have the words, you know, first you have to know how you feel and that's a skill. Mm-hmm. And the second skill is then being able to actually articulate the words, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Neither one of us had had really honest conversation in that way. And it got us so much better communicating. So when you mentioned like my Instagram, you know, uh, mm-hmm. captions, they're, they're like long ass captions, but you know, I've been able to articulate the thing mm-hmm. sometimes a lot better than I could have five years ago, 10 years ago, because I just have any practice. And I think most people don't have practice unless you're kind of forced to go into that place and, and really deal with some really hard stuff. Forced or willing, you know, I almost feel like forced is taking away the credit to you because I don't know. I mean, some people, they don't want to do that. Right. And I, I, I want to commend you because I feel like it ultimately is a choice, you know, that you could have stayed smaller, but you're like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to grow from this. And I think that that is also, I believe that that's why you are also able to support so many individuals now because you, you've done the hard work and you've made that choice so you can authentically guide individuals to those choices as well that empowers them. So yeah, I, I feel like it's more of a choice, but uh, I think what it is, I think it's like a Tim Ferriss quote where he's like the, the, the measure of a man's success can be how is how many uncomfortable conversations he's willing to have. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when you ask me that about my family, I'm like immediately thinking like family dynamics. Some people don't like to go there. Some people don't like to go there. Yeah. And, you know, I make my family super uncomfortable because I'm always like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. And they're like, <laughs> it's just not what you do. Right. Well, you know why I wanted to ask you that too, is because, um, about your family, because, you know, I have three brothers and my older sister and we're all super, we're a tribe or a pack. And, and when I say that, I mean, we, we throw down too, like in my, in my house, we're all very strong, alpha opinionated. So it's like the opposite, you know, and, and none of us even drink. So it's like, we're just like, we go at it. But, um, <laughs> I'm curious to, you know, for me, I, I really do f- feel a very empowered woman in front of me and I don't feel 
while I, I know that you have taken deep dives in, in self-development and books and all the things, I don't know, man. I feel like there's something rooted in you innately that, 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 that already exists. And then that, if anything, that's what has, you know, can, can, created this curiosity and this willingness and this drive for you to dig deeper in those areas and expand. So I'm curious, I was curious if like, is this, you know, cause I know for me having this realness in my family from age zero to the get like to now, you know, has really fortified this strength and this authenticity and this empowerment in me. So I just wondered if there was some of that in your upbringing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there was, I mean, there was a couple things. Number one, um, my dad and my mom split when I was two and then my, but my mom was always such a really strong woman. Um, she's German, so she's very stoic and just strong as hell, full-time worker, full-time, you know, like, you know, single mom for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think seeing that work ethic, and I remember her even saying stuff like to me, you know, and, and she'd just say stuff like, you know, I don't know all these people call into work all the time. I don't know why it's that hard. Just go to work. Like it would just be like, she would, like, she just wouldn't understand people who are lazy and like, she wouldn't talk down about them, but she just was very matter of fact. And so I think I had that like grind mentality from a long, I was just like, cool, if you want something, you go get it. Right. I was doing my own laundry when I was like six, like you just have to figure shit out. You know, when you have a single parent, you have to figure stuff out. So I think I always had a self-sufficiency about me, um, that I was mirrored and my dad actually remarried after to a woman, very similar to my mom, like very similar, strong ass woman there. And so I think I, now that I'm an adult, I can look back and go, wow, I was really lucky to have two women figures in my life who were both very strong. When you say like alpha women, like they just got shit done. I don't know how else to say it. They just took care of shit. Very yeah. confident very confident, you know, not willing to take a lot of shit and, and, but like very kind and empathetic too, not like a hothead, not insecure, very like secure, poised, whatever. And I think having that, I feel really lucky to have had that, but to be honest, I really didn't get into personal development until I was kind of forced to with the relationship stuff. I remember I had a girlfriend, I was really struggling. I felt again, like I had no tools. I don't like, okay, I feel bad. Nothing's changing. Everyone's agreeing with me that I was done wrong, but I don't know how to like move at all. And I had a girlfriend of mine who said, have you, you know, ever heard of Byron Katie's work? And I was like, no. And so I started reading your books and I just could not get enough. It was like this, it's like a kind of a worksheet that you do. And it was the first thing that felt really tangible. I think some, one of my, I don't love personal development sometimes when it gets like way too, uh, like intangible for me. Like, I'm just like, cool. I like talking about action and things like that. And it was really like, okay, I can actually do something here. And at that point I was also introduced to one of my earliest mentors, and he did not let me off the hook and, and it, but always didn't like a so kind, like kind, empathetic way, but he would call me out on my shit all the time. And I remember I would be so mad sometimes, like we'd get off the phone and I would just be like, oh, fucking dude, I'm never talking to that guy again. And then literally like, the next week we talk, you know, and it was like, <laughs> we talked every single week for like two years straight. I was so lucky to have someone like that who was willing to call me out. Cause I think a lot of people, especially in the South, I was in North Carolina, people are just nice. They're not going to tell you, they're not going to point out your blind spots for you. Mm-hmm. And he was really willing to do that for me. And I just, I stayed the course and I was able to kind of start uncovering a lot of my blind spots, my insecurities, my defensiveness, and like all that kind of stuff to really be like, all right, cool. Like you want to be a different person. You have to do things differently. You have to be, become someone else. Um, and so I'm just grateful for that, but I really wasn't into personal development until I was kind of forced into that place and feeling really ill-equipped without any tools, without any action steps. And so, yeah, it was That's a amazing. Well, let me ask you this. Cause at that time when you were going through this, you had Jill fit was already like 
set in motion, right? I mean, you've been at this game for a hot minute. You're like an OG, right? So like everyone's jumping online trying to do their business and you've been in this game, which is so dope. And it's, it's amazing because you've really done an incredible job at building an incredible business, you know? And um, I'm curious to, you know, all of the self-development stuff that you did that was, that stemmed from, you know, your personal relationship issues. Like how did that play into your business life? Cause I imagine that it really had to up-level things for you on the business end too. You know, it was so different how it happened. Cause I mean, you know, and you're similar, like you have a personal brand, people connect with you. They listen to your podcast, they connect like, you know, whatever. And so at that time I was blogging and it was mostly just like fat loss and nutrition and fitness blogging. Um, and then when I started reading personal development, I was like, Oh, I, remember, I started very like benign. It was more like positive psychology and just more like science-based stuff because I come from a science background. So I was like, okay, there's research to support happiness, right? Happiness, psychology, stuff like that. And so I started sharing more of that kind of stuff. And so it wasn't just, you know, how to lose, you know, your cellulite. It was started to become like, is happiness a choice? And, you know, here's some research on positive psychology and gratitude and, and giving people the benefit of the doubt and kind of some of these tools. And we started intertwining some of that into the blogging. And I blogged every single day for like two years. Um, and then at that point, that was like, I was seeing a lot of my clients were really struggling with food obsession and they were competitors or they were like really savvy, you know, kind of extreme neurotic dieting people similar to how I was. Um, they just couldn't get it. They didn't have the, like the mindset piece. And now mindset is such a big thing in our space. But at that point it really wasn't. No one was really talking about that stuff in a mainstream, at least it wasn't applied to fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I was able to, I think, make the brand a little bit more, uh, like a deep, a deeper conversation that wasn't really available at that time. And I was like, well, no one's really talking about this in this space. Maybe I can be the person who puts out, you know, product or service around this. Um, and I think, that you know this business building is innately personal development. Like yeah. you are going to get challenged. Your self-beliefs are going to get challenged. Like your, your tenacity, your resiliency, it's going to get challenged in a million different ways. And so much of your insecurities are going to come up as a result of putting your baby out into the world. And so I think it, it's a natural progression to want to, if you are in business or you are in fitness to, to make your way into personal development, if you're aware, you know, and seeing that things do tie together. I don't think there's any way to become successful as an entrepreneur without understanding, have self-awareness, like very deep self-awareness. But like, to your point, you have to be courageous a little bit. I always tell people like, be ready. You can't turn around once you start going down the personal development path. It's like, <laughs> not it. no, you that's it. Being ignorant. You can't unknow it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then it becomes, I mean, maybe not for everybody, but I believe the case for, for you and I, it's like an actual addiction. Like I am a growth mindset junkie. I'm like, how am I, how might I be wrong about this? Like teach me how I'm wrong. <laughs> yes. You're like, Oh, there I go on my, my bullshit again. Yeah, you do. You call yourself out, you know? And when yeah. you are in those moments, like I do, I still have plenty of moments where I want to just go, we call it like Jade and I used to call it victim card or victim culture, like BC. You just want to go BC. Like, Hey, I'll call up a girlfriend. Hey, can I just be like a huge victim for a second? Like, can you hold it down for me? And cool. I'll get it all out. I'll vent it out. And then I'm like, all right, I feel much better. Now I just go on. So I think you can even, if you even have the awareness of like, okay, I'm, why am I being defensive right now? Like, what is actually triggering for me right now? What, what insecurity is this poking at, you know, and having that awareness and calling yourself out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think you practice it, but you still get triggered. I do, you know, and then I just, but I see it, I, I catch it faster and I'm able to turn around faster. 
Yeah. Well, it's repetitions. I don't think there's ever mastery in self-awareness. I think it is a lifelong, I want to say process. And, but the real word I want to say is like reward, because I feel like as we are continuously putting the reps in, there is a reward in that because in the example that you just gave, you're getting quicker. That's fucking awesome. I know exactly what that is. I have this thing called the four S's and we can talk about it later, but, um, you know, it's essentially like this, how do you function from this empowered mindset? Right. And, and the starting point, is self-awareness. You're not going to have self-love and self-connection and self-confidence. Those are the other four uh, S's without this starting point. Right. And it never, you're never, you're never like, Oh my God, I'm so self-aware. I can't be more (laughs) (laughs) self-aware. No, no, because life is always coming at you. Right. And it's this opportunity every time you're getting this fastball from life for you to step into that level of like dig deeper into self-awareness and go, wait, hold on. What's happening here? Okay. And then it's that introspective work that you are essentially saying, which is, it's so awesome. And it's so rewarding. Um, self-awareness piece, I feel like is the hardest of those four S's that you Cause it's like, that's the hardest one. Cause it, if you think back to maybe a time when you weren't self-aware and I have, you know, I was not self-aware for the first 30 years of my life. It's like, I was always so defensive all the time and so avoidant and like all the things, you know, and just not wanting to stay in that place of like understanding or even questioning, could I have something to do with the situation? Like it wasn't, it felt like I was doing something wrong, you know? And I think that I was like really relating it to that my, my inner child who was like worried about, I was getting, you know, yelled at or something. So self-awareness was empowering. It's like, oh, now I see my blind spots. Cool. Now I can do something about them. If I'm just constantly deflecting and defensive, like, yeah, changes. I'm waiting around for people around me to change, which is a terrible strategy. You know? Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I will say this, and then I, I do want to ask you some questions around fitness and your business and even like things that you went through. Um, you know, I know as a competitor, which is so rad, I can't wait to get into that. But I do want to say that I think writing my whole life, I've been writing my whole life. I have over 20 years of writing in my home. Um, and it started way before then. And it's more of process perspective kind of writing. Like if Marcus Realis, you know, um, meditations, if you will, you know, so I've always had this person over here while this person exists over here and they've never been far apart from each other. And my writing keeps them super close. And then over the years, you know, I'm, I'm turning 42 in fucking three days. It's amazing. It's just like, now it's like synthesized harmonizes one, but, um, yeah, it's rad. Um, but I do, I want to go back to, to, uh, where we were with, you know, how self-development started, the mindset component started to become integrated into your business. Cause by the way, you know, I mean, I'm not a nutrition expert, I'm not a fitness expert, but I know a lot in all of these areas because it's my lifestyle and it has been, and I'm a geek about all this shit on a very deep level. But it's funny because when people, you know, a lot of people like look at me in these kind of specific categories, I'm like, I mean, I can talk about all these things, but what I really love talking about, and for me, what is the foundational piece to all of it is fucking mindset. Like if you don't have the mindset in the right way to put you on these, you know, paths and to position yourself to move towards those things, it's like none of that even is going to, right? Then you can speak to that so clearly. And so, uh, yeah, so I want to go there with you. Um, Can we talk about, you know, being a competitor and what that was like and what you went through? you know, from mindset to body. 
Oh, totally. I mean, I was completely asleep at the wheel, but it was one of those things where, I mean, you know, it is like, I was always, I mean, I was super lucky. I was always in love with fitness. I never had like a big transformation or anything for me. It was just a love from, you know, childhood. I went to school for exercise science, got my master's in nutrition. And then basically, um, was like, cool, how can I be more extreme? Like what's next, you know? And so, um, competitions came up and that was the thing that was like, okay, let me see if I can. And, and as someone who is really driven, and ambitious, I liked and almost felt um, empowered by the degree to which I had to sacrifice in that process. So if someone had come to me uh, at that time in my life and said, just be grateful or like, just love your body how it is. I mean, to me, it was fine, but like that was for your grandma. Like that wasn't hardcore enough for me, right? That was like not a thing. So it, if someone had tried to say, well, just like eat moderately or whatever, I wasn't available for that. I was like hardcore, more driven, extremes, whatever, all coming and stemming from a place of, you know, really just perfectionism that I think so many of us entrepreneurs kind of start out with that. And then we realize that we can't keep that up or else we don't get shit done. So. Um, but the idea of, okay, if I just have the perfect body, if I get up on stage and I sacrifice more than anyone else, I love the idea of being at the gym longer than anyone, getting there the earliest, leaving the latest, working the hardest. Like I just really took, a, I wore that as a badge of honor. And so when I get up on stage and is able to like win a show, it's like the culmination of just all of these, um, you know, all the positive affirmation that I would get for my body. People at the gym want your show, you look amazing. And, and it was deadly in a sense. It was this addictive drug to, you know, I need to look this way all the time. And that makes sense. I mean, you know, even someone who maybe doesn't get up on stage, but maybe they lose 25 pounds, people are like, you look amazing. Yeah. Just inside you're going, okay, I can never look any different than this now because this is how I get affirmation. And I became, without even knowing it, became so addicted to, to the affirmation, the approval that I was getting. And have the perfect body means that I'm okay and I'm going to be accepted and respected and liked and whatever and all the other things, I'm good enough, right? And so it became this like six year long just journey to constantly be in show shape. And what happened is that oh my god, I wasn't able to keep it up, obviously. Like, you know, and then I would have these moments where I would just yo-yo diet and gain back like 20 pounds overnight and just, and feel immense shame. Whereas I hadn't had that before, you know, it started when you, when I dieted for the very first time, you get affirmation then you get addicted to that feeling. And okay, now doing a show becomes a weight loss mechanism. Like that's the only way I knew how to lose weight. My body was sign up for another show. But when Jill Fit started, so then that was six years later and my body wasn't responding the same way. I was definitely going through some level of metabolic damage. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, from a psychological perspective, it was not healthy at all. Um, it wasn't until really, I really credit starting the business as the thing that helped me get over it. Cause I was like, I can't be this obsessive with my body. This is 100% ego pursuits, right? Let me get on the cover of magazine. Let me have people, you know, looking back on it, it's so embarrassing to say when people are like, you have a six pack, like whatever. I don't even know what that means, right? Getting into <laughs> know what the fuck that means but it's like it meant something then looking back i'm like okay it was all about me and it was fine and it got me the affirmation but i wasn't making any money i was working 70 to 8 hours a week at the gym i wasn't progressing in my career um i you know it was a big it took a huge toll on my relationships not only with my husband at the time but like even just friendships i couldn't travel i couldn't do anything i was so addicted to my routine i was at the gym three times a day like and so starting the business i was i had this pep talk with myself and i'm like okay jill like if you want to make this successful and like you really want to help all the people that you claim to help not just yourself you have to figure out how to mentally and time-wise, just logistically get this down to a, a small amount. 
And then it took me about three years to figure that whole transition out, but it started with moderation and I hated it at the time. So I'm like, again, not hardcore enough. This is for your grandma. Like this is not, and I didn't want to gain 50 pounds overnight. And what happened was I didn't, but it started with me trusting myself. Right. And if you've ever had obsessive situations around food, you know, that's one of the hardest things is giving up this control mechanism. Exercise becomes your control mechanism. What I, you know, you're eating becomes your control mechanism. And then when you're not on point, you just feel bad all the time. And so I had a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment about, and I looked normal. I wasn't even like overweight or anything, but like for me, it felt quote fat. Um, and it just was completely just uh, messed up in my head. And you don't notice it because it creeps, right? It's like a small thing. You started because you're like, oh, let me see if I can take my fitness a little bit more. Started off as a good thing, right? Maybe I can take my fitness a little bit more further. Mm -hmm. It starts out as a really good thing and it turns into an obsession. And so it took me about three years to completely unlearn all of that stuff. And then also from a logistical perspective, like understand how to eat normally as a normal person and exercise less time and still feel a sense of self-worth. And I do think that we can then just transfer. If we don't do the inner work, you know this, mm-hmm. we don't do the inner work. It just gets transferred to the next thing, right? Now it's like, yeah. oh, I'm not making enough money in my business. I don't have the relationship. To be honest, when I left my relationship, I was like, holy shit, do I have any worth outside of being in this marriage, right? That's a mm-hmm. whole other. Now I got yeah. a whole that I got to work through on and personal development and, and self-worth. So I think that there's always some other layer to pull back and it's, it just transfers into the next part of your life if you don't do the, the deep work. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> it's like, it's so good because it's so real, you know? And that had to have been so difficult because there's so much, it's hard. It's hard to 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 kind of surrender this control. But it, it, it's funny because I feel like the surrendering of that control is actually what puts you more in control Right. It's just, it's, I, it's very ironic, but it's, it, it is very right. But it's so true. As you, you clearly know, you got, you got more control. You got real control. It's almost like that's false control, right? That shit's controlling you. Let's be real. And you think you got it on grip. It's like, no, <laughs> it's gripping you, but you decided to, I'm going to slowly. And I know that had to have not been easy, especially when we're dealing with anything that's you know physical, but even if it's in terms of a relationship or whatever, it's like to let go and then take those small steps, right? Moderation to go into this real sense of control where, you know, you are the operator of your life. You are dictating, you know, how you want to feel and what you want to engage with and, and, and all of that. So it's, it's, you know, there's a lot there that's so beautiful and so important. And again, like it's going back to what I said a little while ago, where I really believe that this is why, you know, I mean, let's be real, Jill, there's so many fucking people doing a lot of what you do, right? It's like fitness and all that, but you know, I think that when you are someone who has done this kind of work that you have done, and I believe you are continuing to do, right? You're not done. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if anything, you're like, just, yeah, you're like a student for always. Right. But this is why you integrate this into all of your programs and, and, and everything that you share. And it's really impactful. It's really effective. So it's, it's, I think it's just the same. I always say like, it's the exact same thing, just a different outfit. Right. So like whether or not you've ever competed, Mm-hmm. If you have ever placed a level of self-worth on your looks, it could be anything. I mean, now I'm going through with aging. Like when you told me you never drink, I'm like, no wonder her skin is amazing. <laughs> 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 like, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, now I'm going through with aging, you know, you get to a point where you're like, if you built a brand on the way that you look, I'm sorry, at some point, like whether you want to or not, that's going to be affected. And so like, okay, how can I love myself at 40? How can I love myself at 50? How can I like, so there's always another layer to peel off, you know, as soon as we're like, I'm good, there's always something that happens, you know? So my friend says it's easy to be all good when everything's all good. And I'm like, yeah, like most of us can be like, oh, I got it. Right. Like when everything's popping off, like it's easy. Uh, economy's awesome. Everyone's buying stuff like relationships, no issues. We get to be like, yeah, it's, of course, if something went wrong, I would know how to handle it, but you really don't know until something happens in whatever, you know, that those kind of like life smacking around the face or my friend, Christina calls it life interruptions. You don't really know how you would handle it. You know, Mm -hmm. in theory, you're sitting there reading all the books, doing all the intellectual stuff. But then when the rubber meets the road, how do you act? And like, to me, I always go back to that. To me, I love talking about personal development. I love sitting around and talking about if this, then that. And, but it's not until you get into this situation where you're like, oh, I said that I'm someone who's an action taker. How would an action taker respond in this situation? Like what, like, what do I do if I said that I'm someone who's empowered and not a victim? How am I going to act? Right can't be a victim. And like, it's not to beat yourself up because there's some buffer period there. But like, for the most part, it's like, if you have the things that we sit around and we talk about in these personal development books, you don't get to test them out until something happens. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get to go. Okay. That last 10% is like, what do you do when the road meets the road? The self-awareness piece is the 90%, which is the most important piece. But that 10% is like, okay, some shit blew up. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? And that is really where you start to change who you are as a person versus sitting around and talking about it and being intellectual about it. So I don't know if you had that experience too, but it's oh, like, fu- no, I literally have a campaign congruency comes in, right? A hundred percent. I have a campaign under black belt beauty called seek the fight. So seek the fight for me. It means look, I, I just believe, and I'm not talking about in the literal sense that people are just afraid to get punched in the face in life. And I've taken a lot of punches. I take punches every day, but what I have discovered by just be, being so honest and witnessing myself is I keep fucking getting back up. And every time I watch myself get back up and every time I take that hit, I fucking learn about myself. And I, so seek the fight is I want you to go towards the challenge that stands guard at your growth, at these highest ideals of your life. And let me tell you, it's not going to be easy. Be ready. It's going to fucking hurt. It's going to put you on your knees. But that's where the, that's where the truth of you is. That's where it, the, everything is. And if you are not willing to take that fucking punch, you're not willing. You're also kind of signing out from a life that you really are, are worthy of living, you know? And it's, it's this, you know, it, yeah, it might, my, my, like literally my heart is exploding right now. Every, <laughs> it catches me. I was going to say, most people just won't, man. It doesn't feel good. I mean, you know, we have, obviously I tell my story quite a bit and like uh, people reach out to me all the time. Like we just published in strong magazine this past week about the affair. I had so many women reach out to me who are in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And I could tell in their emails and their messages, they're like in, the, and you know what this feels like, whether it's, you know, relationship thing or business thing or something. It's like, you're in the thick of it and you want it to be over so bad. You want someone to tell you what's going to happen. You want to know what's going to happen. You want someone to tell you what to do. And like, there, there's just no quick, like, remember the easy button. There's no like easy button. to like, just opt out of it. It's just like, you got to sit there. And like, I've, I've talked to so many women who are just like, I like, all you need to do is like, wake up in the morning. like put one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. like, listen to a podcast like this, like just expose yourself, right? Expose yourself to some of these other alternatives. And over time, it, you will see what the answer is, right? Their answer will reveal itself at some point. You'll just know, like one day you'll wake up and be like, cool, I'm out of here, right? Like you'll just know, 
but you don't get to rush the process. You don't get to rush it. The best thing you can do is just wake up and expose yourself to some different ways of doing things and seeing what the options are and empowering yourself slowly so that when the opportunity for you to leave or change or do something different is there, you have the awareness and you're able to do it. But like it, people want to rush it. They want to like want it to be over fast. Like this is the good stuff. It means you're living, right? I look at it like you could be asleep at the wheel. That's a lot worse. That's how I see hundred percent. No, I just posted uh, the other day on Instagram, you know, you always hear trust the process. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm really not a fan of lazy thinking. Oh, I like, love that. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I was like, trust the process. Okay, cool. Yeah. But no, like really fucking trust yourself. Well, how do you, how do you develop this self-trust? You got to get in the arena. You got to take those hits. You got to, you got to experience these things that we're talking about right now to see who you are from the stimulus. How do you respond? How do you react? Like, what do you do with this fucking information, right? And when you can witness and 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 do the honest work, where you're 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 taking these hits, you're getting these stimuluses, and you're like, okay, well, I did this way, but maybe next time I want to do it another way or whatever, like all of that, and it just keeps building. You look back and you're like, I'm a fucking badass. Like I have <laughs> been through shit, right? And so it's this whole idea of like. I'm not, I'm not putting all my trust in the process. I, I don't know what, what's coming next, but the difference for me, and this is a whole like positive mindset versus empowered mindset. I don't know that everything is going to be great, but I know no matter what the fuck it's going to be, I got this, but this, I got this going back to what you said, you can't shortcut this. You can't, it's, you know, let's, let's turn it to diet and, and it brings us kind of back where we were. It's like, everyone wants the fucking pill. You know how many times people, ask, you know, and I've been asked this time, like, what's your quarantine diet? Quarantine <laughs> diet? Like, why? What's a quarantine diet? Because I'm not like overweight or anything. Like, I must be doing something. Di- like, no, man. But people want that. Give me the quick fix. And, and we're saying here, and you know, through your own life experience, which is so epic. It's like, no, like it's in the journey. You have to, you have to really absorb and take those steps and live the process out, right. To really make the gains that are going to fortify you and empower you and allow you to, you know, create this life that feels really good. That's giving you the things that you want, this sense of fulfillment, right? I mean, the self-trust piece, I love that you brought that up and that's so real and you don't, you earn that. Like you said, you look now and then you get to look back on all these moments where you did get back up and you're like, you have a show of evidence that like you can handle the next tough thing. But if you don't have those experiences, then you don't have anything to feel, to give you that sense of like competency that like, oh, maybe I could handle something else. Like now I'm in a new relationship and, you know, as much as I still am like, you know, I still get triggered at times or whatever. I'm also like, I could, if it like it went sideways, I'd be fine. Like, I don't, I didn't have that insight when I was married. Right. I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't even like, if so, I couldn't even think about it. It wasn't even, I couldn't even like put it in my brain. It was so like off the table. Now I'm like, you know, I love the person I'm with, but I'm like, if I wasn't, I'm, I'd be fine. Like, I mean, yeah, people and I'd be devastated, but I'd be fine. And so I think you have that, you know, you have to earn that right to feel that self trust and it's so empowering. So there is a reason why we go through all the hard stuff, right? Because at the end is at the other side of it is just like this invincibility that it's not that you're not going to get punched again. It's just like you know that you got it and you're cool with that. I remember um one of my earliest mentors saying to me, like I remember we were talking on the phone someone and I was talking to for like two years straight. I have me with my relationship stuff. 
And I was like, I was getting so frustrated. And I was like, I just want to move into like a log cabin. I don't have to talk to anyone. Be alone. I don't have to deal with this bullshit. And he just looks at me and goes, wow, wouldn't that be uh, convenient? Then you wouldn't have to deal with anything. And you could just like, like it was basically like, yeah. That we get better is through these hard things. Like, like you said, like going towards the fight or like, look like mm-hmm. seeking fights. Like, yes, you have to go towards the tough things. You have to sit in the discomfort and have the tough conversation. Whereas I think before I would have just checked out, right. Avoidant. I don't want to talk about this. Going back to my you know family roots. We don't talk about this. This is impolite. This is not whatever it was. Now I'm just like, cool, let's, let's actually get into the deep stuff. Cause that's where it really, that's where all of us get better, right? That's where like you get more understanding. I get more understanding. Our relationship deepens. Yes. And for me to just check out of that, like most people do. And it's so, it's so uh, irresistible, right? Like, Oh, I can just mm-hmm. never have to deal with anyone's bullshit. It's yeah. like, well, then you just really won't grow either. Right. And I think you do need other people and other situations and, you know, building the business or trying things out of your comfort zone to get you to the point where you have earned the right to build that show of evidence that you can trust yourself. A hundred percent. And even when we think about right now, this, this, you know, moment in history that we're all living, right. It's like, I, I like to say, you know, I, I, I ask people like, when you look back, who were you in this moment? Who do you want to be in this moment when you look back? Were you the frantic, oh my God, pinned up against the wall and I don't know. And I say, it sounds so irreverent when I say that, like as if I, no, listen, I got my own challenges too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in this higher position than anybody, but I have a very deep, and I'll save this when we get to talk another time. I have a very, very deep relationship with my future self. She's my muse. I, I'm with her all day, every day, but like specifically too in meditation. And she is my North star. She is everything expanded, like this expanded woman that I aspire to be, like it's her, right? And um, when I look back at this moment, going through quarantine and all the challenges, like composure, strength, resilience, playfulness, agility, all of these things, you know, and, you know, by the way, all of these things I actually get, not just from the obstacle course of life, but in all of the various modalities of movement that are a part of my game, like week after week, jujitsu, yoga, running, weightlifting. And it's kind of a great segue because I want to get into a little bit of that with you because it's how could I not? You know, what's so funny. It reminds me of Jade where I knew going into the, the episode with Jade where I was like, oh my God, okay, we got hormones, we got fucking body composition, <laughs> we got self-development, which is all like love for me, which I know is with you. And, and but like, I, I can talk to you so much about self-development because yeah. it's such an authentic piece to you and your life and everything that, you know, you create from, but I do want to take us into that zone of, you know, when you think about like, you know, the transformation that you went through, um, you know, with your body, like excessive amount of cardio and then the calorie, you know, counting and then, you know, pivoting from that and weightlifting. I know you just put out a program and you're in it right now, right? It's lean, um, lean muscle building. Yeah. Lean building. Thank you. Which I want to say this um, before you know I pass over the mic to you, but like, girl, straight up, um, I was the girl. I'm a mesomorph, right? My build. I was the girl. I got injured. I blew my knee out at 17. Standard American diet, gained weight. I was an athlete as a kid. I was a runner. Always had the fucking eight pack, whatever. Like I didn't even know what that means because it was just natural to me until it wasn't anymore because I couldn't move really for two years, you know. 
And so, you know, I, that's what would start this whole wonderful health, everything that I've been on for, for several years now. But, um, I was the girl who was like, nah, I'm not picking up weights because I'm going to get bulky. What the mm-hmm. fuck is bulky? And <laughs> my brothers, by the way, I have three, right? And two of them are IFBB pros. One's a strength and conditioning coach. They are geniuses. They are like, Roxanne, pick up fucking weights, eat more protein. <laughs> and I was like, I already have muscle. No, well, it wasn't all muscle, girl. And the minute I started lifting weights and really made that a part in my program and, you know, diet was clean and healthy, but like I had to up my protein, right? And, and high quality protein. That's when the body showed up where it's like, it was, it's built within me, but like body composition, shoulders and the whole thing. So I know that's a big piece to your business. Like I said, you have a program right now, but I would love, you know, you're such an expert in this area. And I, I'm so passionate about sharing this with women, Jill, because, um, I know that there are a lot of women who still, you know, are afraid of the weights or don't know how to use it or, or all of those things. Um, I don't want to be bulky. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I was like, oh, I fell into the fucking, I'm not going to say names, but like, don't pick up more than two pounds because you don't want big arm. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still get that for sure. So you and I, we were connected before over like messenger or email or something through a friend. And then you came up to me at the gym and I was like, this chick is ripped. <laughs> and like, honestly, just because, I mean, you just don't see that as much, right? Like you, I, I work out at Gold's Gym in Venice um, and I also work at, you know, the one that yeah. the local yeah. And so, um, at, at Gold's gym, I'm like a regular person, you know, I'm like not a, a fit person. I'm like looking right. Cause everyone is so shredded there. Everyone's competitive. Like you wouldn't even go there. It's self-selecting. Like you wouldn't even go there if you weren't even the tightest bit fit. Cause you just feel so awkward. Yeah. We went to our like, you know, global yeah. gym and you walked out and I was like, this chick is like, you were just so shredded. And I was like, and it's just, it's rare to see. And totally. to me, I just, I really respect it because I know the hard work that it takes, you know, not everyone is, you know, everyone's motivated, but not everyone's motivated in health and fitness. And so, you know, I do really always, that's a part of my value system is hard work and it's, and whatever, everybody is beautiful and worthy, but it's like, when I see you, I'm like, okay, this chick lifts, like you're the real deal. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where I get asked sometimes like what I love about social media. And one of the things I love about social media is something that a lot of people hate about social media, which is kind of the comparison trap. But I think as someone who uses social media for their business, we have an awesome opportunity to be an example. And like, and I know it sounds so cliche to say to be an example, but like I've had so many women reach out and say, you know, when I saw you really embrace your big thighs or your broad shoulders or your muscle and talk about being like swole as a woman, that is, you know, like, we're lucky because we're in LA and I think people more value like a fitness, yes. more like fitness around here. But for people who don't quite live in, in somewhere that's as like maybe aesthetic or as fitness oriented as LA, it's, it's a breath of fresh air to see someone like really owning their physique. And I do believe, and, and I'll be honest, like when I'm doing that now, it's, it's 100% authentic. But a couple of years ago, like I had to force it a little bit. I'm like, ah, like I don't, completely love my thighs yet, but like, I know I should love them. So let me put a post up about loving my thighs. Right. Like, but now it's like, actually they're fucking badass, Right. So like, I think there's a time where you, and that's what I do love about social media and connecting with people is giving people an opportunity to see what it looks like to fully own your physique. Right. I was born with broad shoulders, big legs. Like there's just, I mean, even at my leanest, I was like 142 pounds, like 10% body fat. And I mean, I was born like 140 pounds. So like if it's a, a scale, <laughs> you know, so it's like, 
I don't know. I think like the scale. Your, your, your physique, sorry, is sick because just to, I have to say this because of the day that I did see you at the gym, one thing that I do want to know, which I totally, I, I hope you take this the right way. When people come up to me at the gym, it's almost like, ah, oh, because I'm fucking in it. Right. And there was almost a second of your facial expression, like, cause you're in it. And I was like, Oh man, like I told, like in my mind, I'm like, girlfriend, I know exactly how you feel right now, but I'm still going to say hi because people are trying to connect us. And by the way, you're fucking sick and I want to <laughs> connect with you. But like it was, and your physique is like, so anyways, I had to insert that because it was so real. But yeah. I, I call it my resting lift face. Where I'm just like, I literally, I mean, it's not, you know how it is. Like it's not on purpose. You're just literally like, I'm literally like, I'm trying to get out of here as fast as possible. Like I, I'm yeah. not here. And it's cool. Like we can talk and I'll always be super kind and open and whatever. If you want to talk to me, I'm never going to be a yeah. bitch about it. But yeah, I was so totally. happy that as soon as when you were like, oh, I'm so-and-so's friend. I'm like, oh, no, okay. you were so lovely. But I, just, I appreciated that one second because I'm like, yes, I get you right now. <laughs> I know. I always tell my boyfriend, I was like, you don't ever have to worry about someone trying to pick me up at the gym because I'm literally like blinders on, not available for that. And also like, I do not look approachable. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a really cool time. I feel like the aesthetic is changing for women more so than it ever has. Um, I think we're, you know, as much as like people talk down about the Kardashians and stuff, I think they had an impact in terms of like how we started to see and really embrace our curves and all those kind of things. And now everyone's trying to get a bigger butt, whatever. And like, I don't know, you remember like in the nineties, it was like, you had a, you wanted a flat box, you know? So it was yeah. like, you know, I think we we're seeing the aesthetic change. I think we're seeing a lot more women just frankly, not want to be as obsessed with their body. And at the end of the day, like weightlifting feels empowering. There's nothing else like it. Like I love running. I love running and cardio and stuff like that too. And yoga and these, these different modalities that offer different things, mm -hmm. but this self-efficacy that you get with weightlifting, it's like, wow, I just lifted more weight than I ever thought I could. Maybe I could also have this really uncomfortable conversation I've been putting off, or maybe I could start that business I've been thinking about. It's like it transfers into other areas of your life. And I just haven't seen any other thing in fitness do that for women. And so it just is that it gives you, and I keep using the word empowerment, but it gives you a sense of like, okay, maybe I can, like you just get, I remember being like, I started lifting when I was 15. And I remember my, my best girlfriend and I would go in the gym and we like, at that time, you know, hormones are the highest. My testosterone is the highest ever going to be as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I was, I put on muscle so fast. Like my shoulders were like, <laughs> like within six months. I don't know. I didn't even know what muscle groups I was lifting. Um, but I remember we would joke and be like, we need to go try our new muscles out at like, and get in a fight. It just made you feel like you were just like, you want, and this is like the nineties, you know? And I just remember feeling so empowered by that, especially because no other 15 year olds looked like us. And it was just, and so even back then it was just nice to see what weightlifting can do at whatever age. And it is such a sense, it gives you such a sense of empowerment. It's so amazing. Yeah, I love that. And it was almost the opposite for me. Like I grew up, you know, always just defined and ripped, you know, until, and then the injury, whatever. But, but even then, you know, I, I mean, fortunately when I gain weight, I gain it all over, you know? So it's still like, there's still a body you see. And I, I would be so offended, Jill, when guys would come up to me and be like, fucking ripped, yo, you're yoked. Or like, I would, because I am a very, very feminine there's a goddess in here, you know, there's like queen and goddess and that's another conversation, but like, <laughs> you know, there's a, it's just like there's the feminine energy in me is always lit up and always present. And to me, it just felt like she was being attacked, right? Like back the fuck off, like stop trying to make me a man. I'm not a man. But again, it was also time that now 
it's a combination of obviously like complete mindset shift, like ownership of my body, my, you know, all of that. But also we are in a different time now, you know, where strong, you know, women do want to feel and exude this strength. And let's be real. Like when you listen, I walk around on the street and you know, I'm not a victim. You want to come at me? Like, let's go. But you know, be, be ready for a fucking fight. Right. And I, not because I'm walking around like this, but like, I have shoulders. You have confidence. Like you have your shoulders <laughs> back, your chin up. Like, I mean, you have a posture that is, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's, it says, I love, and this is from my friend, Jen Sinclair. She said, the best thing about weightlifting and having muscle on your body is that people know what you're about without you having to say a word. There's like something about someone who has visible muscle that you're just like, cool. I know that they value their health. I know that they value strength. I know that they're not scared to buck, you know, societal norms. Like there's just, it says so much about you. And I think that it's a great message to keep putting out there and I will keep putting it out. And like people are, I just see in day and I'm sure you do too, like minute to minute, we can see the impact that we're having and not just me, like the collective. I feel like, you know, for, for now, I mean, social media as like kind of fucked up as it is in some ways to me, it, it shows examples of what's possible. And when you see people that you really respect owning that type of physique, you get to be like, Oh, cool. Maybe I can, it gives you the, the sense of, um, power to buck whoever in your life thinks it's a bad thing. It gives you that courage to, to have the conversation about it, you know? So I get now it's to the point where when people, I'll get dudes say like, Oh my God, don't beat me up. And I'll be like, you better watch out. <laughs> your ass. Like I would just say, I mean, who gives a shit? You know, like I don't get offended. I'm like, actually you probably read it. Probably could take your ass. No, like, it's so true. I remember. Thank you. There was this, um, I, this is a couple of years ago already, but I was at some makeup event and I ran into, um, kind of like a colleague or whatever. And he, he's just passive and interesting, but and I'll leave it there. But, um, you know, he, he, we had not seen each other for maybe a year or so. And he's like, Oh my God, like you're ripped. And I was like, thanks. You know, we're tr- catching up. We have other friends around us. And, and then he brings it back around and he's like, no, but you're like, you're like bigger than me. And girl, it was like the perfect timing and everything. I was like, well, then get to work. Like, yeah, (laughs) like there was, I was not offended. I was actually, but I'm like, yeah, like, like, what do you, like, first of all, I know what you're fucking trying to do. Second of all, like, fucking, I don't know. That's when I get, I get confused when dudes are like, we'll say that to me. You're bigger than me. And I'm like, of course I am. Like, honestly, like I work harder. Like I just work harder. So like, you know, and it's fine, but like, why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? I love that so much. Are you having a blast in this new program? Like it's got to be so rewarding for you to take women into this program and, and help them develop this, you know, aesthetic and not just the aesthetic, but really the skills that the aesthetic is like the byproduct, right? Like it's like the side effect, right? But it's Mm -hmm. the, it's the skills that you have to, you know, learn and put yourself through to, to gain that. Has this, is this, being- it has been really, uh, it's been so cool. It's been so different than any of my other programs. It's my fourth fitness program that I put out and it was, it felt a little bit like a risk. I didn't know if we were quite ready yeah. for like building programs, to be honest. Like I knew that there was a subset of women that were interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like maybe hard gainers or something like that, but I didn't know that it would, I didn't know how well it would do to be honest. Like number one, launching something in quarantine. I didn't really know how that would be. And I didn't like quite know that we were fully ready for, the muscle building aesthetic, you know, people were messaging me honestly. And they were like, can I lose weight with this? And I'm like, you might, but that's not the point, you know? And I had to draw that line in the sand that like, there's a bunch of other things you can do if like weight loss is the goal. But like, if you're serious about building muscle, then like, this is the program. And so, yes, I was extremely 
pleased with how things went and how many hands we ended up getting the program into. And I just, frankly, am super impressed with the audience that they showed up like, and you know, I don't need the money. It's not about the money to me. It was more about like the fact that so many people were willing to have that goal. I think is really cool. And we haven't, I hadn't seen that in the space before, you know, on a larger scale. So obviously I know that there are women that want to gain muscle. And I was just really impressed with how many people showed up and were excited about that goal. And so, yeah, it's been really cool to see. And like you mentioned, having people learn new skills has been interesting. Um, and again, there's nothing like it for self-efficacy, like having to learn a new skill, getting to failure under a heavy barbell or a set of dumbbells. Like, you know, it just teaches you so much about yourself and your sense of resiliency and being able to watch your progress week to week, get stronger. Like there's that tangible aspect. I mean, it's been an absolute blast. That's amazing. Let me ask you what's challenging you right now in your life. What is that you're open to share? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open book, but I mean, what is it? I mean, I, I mean, I think I feel like the quarantine is probably <laughs> yeah, just on the level of, um, you know, I love travel. I love for me, like I, you know, I, I'm a huge, just like activity person. Um, so I'm having a, a little bit of a hard time with that. Um, you know, it's one of those moments I think where like, it's all good when everything's all good. Like things are pretty basic right now. You know, my brother always says, that, you know, routine is so great for productivity, but mm-hmm. it's so bad for making memories. And it's so true, you know? So like, I think that's more what I miss the most is just having those opportunities to, to see my, you know, my brothers, my family, my friends, and like make memories and do things that are a little bit, you know, and we'll be there again. But I think yeah. that's what I'm struggling with is the routine of it, you know, is. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I'm starting to feel that too, a little bit. And, you know, I'm naturally very introverted, although I don't really like labels, but it's, it's true. I'm, I'm really like, I like to chill with myself, you know? And, um, so I'm very comfortable in this, you know, social distancing space, you know, cause it's kind of the norm for me anyways, but I do love seeing my family and, and there are, you know, I mean, even just going to the gym and just like running into people or whatever, um, you know, We're now not even talking to anyone at the gym, but like just the gym energy. So hundred percent. Have you ever worked out at Venice, Gold's, Gold's in Venice? I've been there. I've been there for work. I've never worked out there, but I've been there for photo shoots several need, times. Yeah. It's just like the energy is good. Like everyone just, and you know, like if you have brothers who are doing that, it's like, yeah. No, oh, jujitsu. I miss yeah. jujitsu. My jujitsu. I miss it. So just this morning I was like, I, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to be able to do that again. So you know, I mean, and I say that because as someone who's so comfortable in this space of distance, right, I'm even starting to feel the, you know, <laughs> hey, like same thing again, again. Like I want to, I want to fucking hug you. <laughs> I feel, you know, and like all these moms who, a lot of my clients are moms, oh. like made to be like, you know, teachers. And so they, they don't have the time that they normally have to build their business. And so it's been challenging all around. I think from a pers- uh, professional perspective, this has been a really challenging and amazing time for me. Cause I remember like the first week that everything happened and people got furloughed, you know, a lot of my clients are full-time personal trainers and they were like looking to me like, Jill, what should we do? And I, I really had this moment, like you mentioned earlier in the, the conversation about like deciding who you want to be and what characteristics you want to portray. And it was one of those moments where I was kind of going along and going like, Oh shit, this is a pivot moment. Like I get to choose how I'm going to show up in this space for my clients. Like it's a lot of responsibility Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, I'm cool with that. Like, let's go. Like, I got to be the person who's going to hold it down for them because they are anxious. They're having a lot of, I mean, they're just, everything's uncertain. They're uncomfortable. They're in new situations. They just lost all their income overnight. Like that's serious shit. Yeah. 
and they're looking to me and they should their coach to hold it down for them. And I, you know, I think about coaching, you know, it's not just giving someone a meal plan or giving them the strategy, like that stuff's easy. Here's a, you know, here's a food list. Here's a workout program. It's that kind of thing. So from a uh, professional perspective, this has been a really awesome time. Uncomfortable. I've had to work my fucking ass off more than, than I normally would, but I really have been loving it because it's forcing me to get better as a coach. I'm like, okay, these are all like the soft skills that like, I need to like, these are the ones, right? I got to hold it down. I have people like calling me up, like bawling on the phone. Like, okay, I got to hold it down. And, and for me, it's not that I don't, I'm not, I, I will go into an emotional situation. I'm just not particularly someone who's overly emotional all the time. Um, and so like holding space for someone that is really um, devastated and emotional and cr- like, frankly, crying is like, that's, a skill that I want to continue to hone, right? Because I don't know, because me, I am so action-oriented. I just could easily be like, amazing, cool, let's do this, right? And, and I skip maybe some of the empathy or some of the, the processing that might need to happen. And so from the pro- professional perspective, it's been really challenging and good to get me to up-level those skills, right? I'll always have the solutions, I'll always have the strategy, but like to, to hone those skills, I'm like, okay, like I have to maybe be more of a therapist this week than just like, you know, an action taker or a strategy person or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it's been interesting and it's, I think it's coming down a tiny bit now. And, you know, a lot of my clients are still making a ton of sales and doing really well. And that's always so great, but yeah, I mean, it ebbs and flows, you know, you're an entrepreneur, like, yeah, it's a roller coaster. I love it though, because you, um, for me, I, I, my, how my brain kind of receives it. I, the, we, we always have this masculine and feminine energy, right? We are all built with it. And I think as an entrepreneur, um, naturally there's more masculine energy kind of leading the way, right? Logical, you know, um, decision-making, um, action, all of that stuff, right. That you were just actually feeling. And when I hear the, the softer side, like this is the feminine energy, right. And I'm really, I love talking about feminine masculine energy because I really do believe that you are most powerful when you are harmonized. And, you know, it, you know, it's like the sun and the moon. If there's too much sun, like we miss the moonlight and vice versa. Right. And so, you know, it's beautiful because while, you know, these kind of challenges that you challenges, AKA opportunities that you're, you know, um, embracing in this, in your professional life right now, they are really, it sounds to me that they're supporting this, this fortification of, of your feminine energy. So while you are supporting them, they're actually also (laughs) giving you some, some juicy bits, right. That are, that are, that are not only going to be wonderful for you on the professional sense, but really like it just as a woman in your life, you know, for the rest of your life, which is dope. It's it's awesome. It's so great. I love that. Which is awesome. A couple more things, because I, I know you have a lot to get to. Um, I love asking this question. So if you had a magic wand and you could magically um, give the masses a, a habit of, a, in any area, mindset, movement, whatever it is, that would have the most positive ripple effect on their life, what would that be? Mm, such a good question. I think it would really be... Um, the power to like pivot or the power of resiliency. I think that's probably the best one. Cause that, that really does, um, you know, and I don't want this to come off like sounding cold, but I do think that sometimes we get so mired in the emotion of something that we can't see straight and we can't, there's, we can't like, we we get to way too, like we catastrophize and we get way too, 
I don't say emotional because I mean, I think emotions are good, obviously, but like we can't see the forest for the trees. And I think when you get more clinical with what's happening, and I deal with this a lot of times in business, right? My client launches something and it's an emotional roller coaster of like, no one's fine, no one. And it, and it just, it catastrophizes into, I'm not good. No one likes me. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm worthless when like, that's actually not at all what's happening. So getting people to, to kind of stay with what exactly is happening and see it as a pivot opportunity. Cool. I always say that like everything's solvable. Like there's always a solution. It's just like, are you willing to detach emotionally so that you can actually start to see it? So I think, and I, I only say that that would be my superpower because I've seen how effective it has been with my business clients because we know like business ebbs and flows. You're never going to be hitting home runs every single time you get out there. You know, especially I've been an internet business now for 10 years. It's like, I've, I've had so many times where I've had to pivot in order to keep moving, right? I haven't always moved forward. Sometimes I moved sideways, sometimes I moved backwards, but at least I was always available to see what other opportunities there were. And I think that that is a skill. And I wish that more people would start to see that there are other options, even though we thought it was going to look this way, we have 10 other options and other ways of getting to arriving at success, but it might not look the way that we thought it was going to be. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant, Jill. That's brilliant. It's like, don't just, don't be so attached, you know, in jujitsu, it's like, if you're holding on, if you're gripping too much, you're, you're going to get tapped out. Like, that's it. Like you're, you're not in the present moment. And when we are in the present moment, we are able to receive that, you know, information that will support our ability to pivot and to be agile and move, you know, it's Darwinism, right? It's like, those who can adapt are the ones that fucking go, you know, the farthest in life. So that, that is absolutely a superpower. And I, and I love that. Where's well, your you magic know, wand, girl? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it's one of those things where like, especially if it's your business, right? Like you put so much like blood, sweat, and tears into it. It's like, it is your baby, right? So you take it so personally, if not everything just goes to plan. And so, but I try to think about it, like if I worked at a corporation and I was like helping, you know, I was on a team that was going to like do an, a campaign or some sort of initiative and it didn't go as well as we thought, we'd probably be like, well, you know, back to the drawing board. Like it wouldn't be a big deal because it's like not our baby, right? Versus if it's our like online business or our program or our product or whatever we're putting out, we are so emotionally attached that we make it mean that we, all these other things that it really doesn't mean. It's like, cool, like where can we move? We can't move here. There's a wall. Where else can we go? And I think that that ability and anyone who has been super successful, and I'm not saying I am, but anyone who's been super successful, like they, that they figure that out. They've had way more failures than they've had successes but they need to get their reps in. Like you said earlier, is like you have to get those reps in too. And I think once you can get clinical with it and just attach emotionally, and that's hard, hardest, but it, it's the, the way to keep moving. It's like, it's your compliance tool, right? It's the way to keep showing up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Matt, you just magic won the fuck out of everybody. You guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, so with, with all my guests, I'd like to do this kind of rapid fire word business where I, I throw some words at you and you don't need to be rapid with your response, but whatever comes top of mind, top of heart, um, when you, when you feel these words, um, I would love for you to share them. Okay. Before I go there though, is there anything that we haven't talked about that I haven't asked you about that you're passionate about sharing that you'd like to put and have live in this conversation that I've loved so much so far. Thank you so much. <laughs> Not so far, like every fucking minute. Loved it. <laughs> um, you know, I think we've, we've hit on a good amount of things. Yeah. That's pretty much where my, my head's at right now. So okay. yeah. Beautiful. All right, girl, here we go. Rapid fire. Ready? Yep. Love. Hmm. 
That's so hard. <laughs> um, honestly, like my dog came to my mind first. Yeah. I love it. You're not the first one who said that. <laughs> no. I love it. Um, fear. Um, normal, I would say. Like, I don't know. To me, fear is um, a lot of people have a relationship to fear. I don't really. I just see it as like another thing like that, that happens in inevitability. Beautiful. Curiosity. Mantra, like curiosity is the cure. And like, that's how I see it. And I'm like, if I ever stop being curious, that means I'm getting just like old as fuck. And like, I can't. <laughs> right. Curiosity is what keeps you young, right? Like a hundred percent. That's what that's the mental aerobics. I love that. Um, challenge. Um, probably just what we were just talking about. Like the, my, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to call it like the soft skills challenge, <laughs> the feminine challenge. Yeah. Beautiful. Confidence. Mm. Um, I want to see more women being walking billboards for confidence. I think it catches on. I feel like it is something that is, um, it's contagious and I just want more women to be walking billboards for it. Capable. My mom, for sure. First person that comes to mind. First idea that comes to mind is someone who just holds it down. She's superwoman. Same in my life. It's one of my favorite words and it literally stems from my mom too. I'm like, yep, there's the example. Um, (laughs) um, Vulnerability. Um, I have a phrase that I use called vulnerability PRs where it's like, are you willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation for the sake of growth. And so a vulnerability PR would be doing something that you normally wouldn't do, or, you know, showing a piece of yourself that you wouldn't normally show. And I think I I try and chase as many as those I possibly can in my, especially my business, but also my personal life. Beautiful. Courage. Hmm. (laughs) These are so good. Um, They're so fun. Wanted to say myself. Um, <laughs> yes. Why can't you? Well, I can, but Fuck yeah. you know, synonymous for me with courage is self-trust. I think they're so inner, like linked. And we kind of talked about that a lot in this episode. And it was just, yeah, I think courage, self-trust, you can't have self-trust if you don't courage. Like if you're not willing to put yourself in those situations to build self-trust then you have to be willing to do something scary and watch yourself survive it. Right. And then watch yourself survive it. Totally. Yeah. Fucking support yourself to survive it, right? Be your own best friend. Talk about that all the time. Um, Okay. Two more. Ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Authenticity. Uh, Compliance tool. So authenticity to me, especially if you have a business like we do, online business, like, you know, if you're not yourself, you're not going to keep showing up to your business. So you, it's your compliance tool. It's the way you're going to keep showing up. If it feels, you know, if you get to show up and be congruent with who you are and online and offline, it's going to lower the barrier to entry to keep showing up. So I think authenticity is your compliance tool. Yes. Love it. Final word, resilience. Also Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. So good. Um, Yeah. I would say pivot, anti-fragile. I think about, I don't know if you've ever read the book by uh, Tassim Naleb. That's a hard name, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was I always read it, right? I never like say it out loud. Yeah. Uh, 
Taleb, and he has a book called Anti-Fragile. And it's it. all about when things happen in your life, you know, do you have the ability to not only bounce back to where you were before it, but actually get stronger as a result of it. And so resiliency to me is a fortification tool. It's like, I don't just want to be the person I was before this happened. I want to be better than the person I was before this happened. Fucking, that made me want to flex. <laughs> <laughs> you can flex. Double flex for you. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you so much. I'm stoked. We, we got this in. I'm stoked to be connected. Um, we're going to stay connected. You're fucking awesome. Thank you. Not just for this time, but honestly, girl, um, you're a real contributor. Like you're a real contributor in this life. And I want to honor you for that because it's a beautiful offering to, you know, to, to the world that we live in, you know? So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to connect and I just love everything that you're about. Thank you, girl. Ditto. Talk another hour for sure. I know. Right. Seriously. Well, I'm going to have everything in the show notes, your Instagram, Jill fit. Is there any, you know, your website, is there anything that you want to put out to make sure that no, I'll make sure it's all in there. Yeah. yeah. If there, people are following on Insta or you have any questions about anything we talked about for feel free to shoot me a DM or an email. Also your podcast, which is dope. Best life podcast. podcast is the best life podcast. Yep. We talk a lot about, it's kind of where everything like goes. That's not part of my brand. So it's all like relationship, personal development, really juicy, juicy stuff. Goes there. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, you're the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you. To be continued. (laughs) Bye, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.